Hello, and welcome to another episode of You Can Manage That, a podcast for first-time managers who want to level up their leadership skills. I'm your host, Chris Asper, and if you're a first-time manager who wants to improve wellness, increase productivity, and decrease stress, both for your team and yourself, then you need to listen to this episode. Joining me today is Lydia DeFrancesco. Lydia is a workplace wellness specialist and is the CEO of Fit and Healthy 365. Lydia has worked in the wellness industry for over 10 years. She has an MBA from the University of Ottawa and is in progress to become a certified workplace health and performance practitioner. Lydia is a weekly radio host of a wellness segment on Chin Radio Ottawa and a regular TV guest expert on CTV and Rogers. And she has been published in national and local magazines. Lydia works with organizations to create and deliver workplace health and performance strategic plans that support employee well-being and mental health and result in greater productivity and retention. Lydia, welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, really excited to, to have you on the show. Lydia, let's just begin with this. Tell me why wellness is so important to you. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, fun story. Ironically, as a wellness professional, went through two burnouts in about the span of two years. I like to joke that I guess I didn't learn enough lessons from my first one that I needed to have a second one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but basically, I was, you know, working really hard, putting in a lot of hours and grinding it out, doing the hustle type of thing. And I realize now when I'm looking back, there was a few key components that were missing, one of which was fun and joy and making sure that I'm laughing every single day, which is now something that I make sure I add into my days. But basically, I realized that I didn't need to be doing all that hustling and working so hard. And a lot of it was that I needed to be focusing on my own self as well. And again, even working in the wellness space, a lot of my time and efforts are focused on other people. And I have been neglecting my own health and and suffered for that. Thankfully, burnouts weren't severe in the sense that I could still function. It was just out of reduced capacity. But what was interesting from a work perspective was that I realized that because I couldn't, I didn't have the energy to work a lot of hours. I had to be really smart with what I did with my time. And I noticed that I could still get the same kind of results for my business with less time, but it was because I was being smarter with what I was doing with my time. And from a work standpoint, that was a really important lesson for me because it it showed me that I didn't have to be working all the time, but I, what I needed to do was focus on the most important things that garnered the best results. So that was one kind of workplace performance piece that, that came out of that. And the other big piece that I realized was the importance of sleep. And how much really affects your life, your energy, your mental health. And so that's been one of the things that I often talk about now with my clients is how to get better sleep, why it's important. And really, honestly, for me, I just have this perspective in life that I really want myself and those around me and everyone to be living their best lives possible. And I think it's just sad when people settle for having a less than healthy life because it affects so many areas of their life, not just the physical side, but the mental side. It can often affect relationships. And so it's just one of those things where, you know, I just want everyone to be healthy and happy so they can just enjoy life because we never know how long we have. And so we should really strive to be living to the fullest. I want to go back through your own burnout. You discovered that, that it wasn't about adding more time, but it was being more thoughtful with your time. 
How did you come to that discovery that it's not just about doing more things, but it's about doing the better thing? I mean, it honestly just came out of my reality because I was burnt out and literally just tired energy wise. Like I was napping for a couple hours every afternoon. If I tried to work in the afternoon, it would be pointless. I would literally just be staring at my computer screen with really nothing happening. <laughs> so I just learned that I needed to just shut it down and have a nap, which meant I had limited time to do other things. As a business owner, a lot of my time is spent pursuing business, right? Doing business development, writing proposals, posting on social media to advertise and promote myself. And so it really came down to me thinking, what are the most important pieces that I need to do? For example, for a while, I stopped writing my newsletter, uh, which again, didn't change any outcomes in my business, which to me is like, oh, well, what was the point of writing those? Obviously, I wanted to impart information and knowledge, but from a business development standpoint, that wasn't the purpose. So if I'm looking at, I need to bring in more business, that wasn't it. So I ditched that. From social media, it was, okay, so what are the posts that I can do that are going to make the most impact that are going to help bring in the business that I need, right? And it was just focusing on that. So I often really was questioning, you know, what is the most important thing that I need to do today? And then I did that thing. And then if I could do a few other things on top of that, then that's great. If not, then it would wait until the next day. And it was really about looking at those most important pieces as opposed to all the little extra things that you just end up doing because that just happens to be a part of your day. But they're not the most effective things in terms of reaching whatever your goal is. For me, it was business development a lot of time. For your managers who are listening, it might be other things, but it's really looking at your day and figuring out what is going to get the most results with the least amount of effort, essentially. So I think, what is it? There's that 2080 thing where 20% of the thing you do gives you 80% of your results. It's that kind of concept, right? Where you're really just focusing on those most important pieces and letting the little things go. And then sometimes when you let them go, you realize that you didn't even need them. I want to transition in talking about managing the well-being as a manager. I think one of the mistakes that you just mentioned was the fact that you feel that you need to do everything and everything is super important. In your work, what other mistakes do you see managers make when it comes to managing their own well-being? I think the biggest one, honestly, is ignoring it, <laughs> um, right? Because a new manager comes into their position, they're probably most likely not have been trained in how to be a manager. If they're managing people, that's a whole new ball game, which comes with some challenges. And all of a sudden now your time is in more demand. So more people are coming to you with their questions or their problems, and you have to often help them or triage or do whatever you need to do. And then your own work often gets pushed aside. And so you're very busy, right? You're working long days. And so a lot of times new managers just end up neglecting their own health because they feel that whole, like, I don't have enough time. The problem with that is that it's going to catch up to you. And a lot of times you may gain weight, which again, I'm not a fat phobic or anything like that, but it's more that you can often become more unhealthy. And then there's other more serious health problems that can come down with that. Uh, you may also just have less energy if you're not eating well, if you're eating a lot of food that isn't as nutritious for you, things that, that come in boxes or takeout or things that aren't as home cooked and fresh foods and fruits and vegetables. 
So you're going to notice that your energy levels are lower, but you might just think that it's because you're working lots, but it could be also related to the type of food you're eating. Sleep often can be an issue, like I mentioned before, the importance of sleep. But if you're working lots, you're working late into the night, you might have troubles falling asleep, you might not have good quality sleep. And, uh, and then, of course, you're sleeping in, which then you feel like if you wanted to exercise in the morning, you can't. So it all ends up getting into a little bit of a vicious cycle. So I think one of the biggest pieces that I would recommend for new managers is protect some time for you to focus on wellness. So whatever that means for you in terms of keeping some good habits. So making sure that you still are getting a good enough sleep and enough hours of sleep. Building in time for physical activity. So whether it means something in the morning, something at lunch, or even just taking a little bit more breaks during the day to just go out on a walk, even if it means working while you're walking, let's say taking a call and walking at the same time can be a great way to get some movement in your day. Also thinking about the food side as well and the nutrition aspect. And I generally say that you're either going to have to spend time or you're going to have to spend money. And sometimes as a new manager, if you don't really truly have the time, then spend the money. <laughs> so there's a lot of businesses out there, the different boxes that come to your door and you do a little bit of the prep or there's companies out there that you can actually get them to make the food for you and the pre-made food is delivered or sometimes people come into your home and make the food. If that's something that you're struggling with in terms of the eating side and you don't have the time, then pay the money. But people often like to wish that magically <laughs> good food will be created for you. Unfortunately, you, you either have to do it, spend a little time doing some food prep or pay a little bit of extra money and have someone do the prep for you. I think a big piece too is getting the right mindset and realize that it is important for you to stay healthy and it is possible for you to do it. And I think a lot of times it just takes a bit of looking around at other people out there who are in these types of roles. And there are lots of people who run big businesses, who are high level managers, who still make the time for themselves because they've learned that's important. And I would say, look to those people as your inspiration, as the sort of, if they can do it, I can do it. And again, be, like I said, be protective of your time. And so if it means literally blocking time in your calendar and you don't have to say what it's for you can just have it as like personal time or like literally appointment with yourself block some time off in your calendar for yourself to take care of you and i guarantee it's gonna it's gonna result in you being a better manager awesome a lot to unpack there what i love about this response is that when people associate wellness they associate exercise it's not just exercise, it's also sleep, it's also nutrition, it also could be emotions and friendships and relationships and meditation, all that stuff is included in wellness. And another thing too that I liked is seek a role model or seek someone that you can emulate, like a, an inspiration, mm -hmm. because that definitely mm -hmm. helps you keep it more at the forefront. Yeah, well, it's also to keep the belief that it's possible, right? I find a lot of times first-time managers, they just feel so busy and overwhelmed that they don't think it's possible. And that's why I think when you look to someone as a role model and you can see that person also is really busy and maybe is even senior to you, whether in your company or not, but they have figured out that they can make the time and that it's worth making the time. And that's an important piece for me too, that they see the possibility is there and that it could be possible for them too.
Yes. And just another piece of advice too, I think is because we always do that comparison thing. And when we look at someone who's doing something way better than we are, we can either feel bad about it or we can look at that for as inspiration. I think the encouragement here is look at that person for inspiration, not for comparison. Oh, absolutely. Yes, for sure. You talked about the importance that this is important to do. Why do you think it's important for managers to focus on their well-being? Well, first of all, I think just as a human, it's important for us to be well. I think, as I mentioned, you have good energy, your focus is better, your productivity is going to be better. So even if we look at it from this productivity perspective, let's say, work perspective, as a human, as a person, you, you'll be better. You're going to be happier. I love that you mentioned the social aspect. That's absolutely important. The emotional aspect, right? Mental health, of course, is very important. That's going to make you just a better overall human. But then from the productivity work side as well, you're going to notice a difference, right? You're going to be able to do more things better. I think a lot of times people don't realize how poorly they're functioning because it's just been like that for so long. And when they actually get healthier and have better sleep, they can do better and faster. And that's when they realize, oh my gosh, all these years when I saw when so productive, I was actually like mediocre. <laughs> and so I think it's from that side, it's important. And then honestly, from the setting a good example side, I think as a manager, now when you move into this role, people are going to look to you for what your actions are. There's that saying, well, do as I say, not as I do, but obviously that's not true. People are absolutely going to look at what you do even more than what you say. And so as a new manager, I think it's even more important for you to be emulating good health, taking care of yourself, taking time off, taking a mental health day and being honest about it being a mental health day, taking your vacation days, all these other pieces that contribute to your overall wellness, right? We can't work all the time. We need to take some downtime. And so as a manager, when you do these things, you are showing to your employees, you can do this too. When a manager is like powering through and working through all their breaks and literally never taking any time off, that trickles down, whether it's intentional or not, to your staff. And they're going to feel less comfortable taking breaks, taking days off, taking time off. So again, from we talk about role models, as a new manager, now you are a role model. And so this is helpful for you, again, because if we look at it from the other piece of the workplace performance side, you're going to get better staff and better performance out of them when they themselves healthy do. I think underlying all of this, this idea of permission, one, is the manager needs to give permission to themselves that they should be taking breaks, taking lunch, taking vacations, all those things that you just mentioned. And then I think the role modeling also helps because it then gives other people on their team permission to do the same. Exactly. Yes. You hmm. nailed it. Thanks. And so let's talk about that and transition to that about as a manager, I got to manage my own well-being, but the, also the well-being of my team. In your opinion, how much responsibility does the leader have in managing the well-being of their team? That's a great question. And I think it's mixed, right? I think that everyone as individuals has responsibility for their own health and wellness. So it's not a really silly example. It's not the manager's job to make sure that their employee is eating all their vegetables. However, <laughs> I do think that the manager has a role to play, particularly in job design, like a workload and making sure that 
the employee knows the boundaries that maybe can be set up. I think boundaries are really important. They're not talked about enough in the workplace because especially with technology now, we've essentially erased boundaries. Yep. I think they're coming back up. The whole like right to disconnect legislation that's come out in Ontario and in other places, I think it's very interesting and I think it's good and helpful. It's but I think it's important for managers also to have honest conversations with their staff about their workload, about how their days are, how they're working, even in terms of, again, their own boundaries and flexibility as well. And so maybe boundaries are going to look different for everybody. So maybe somebody wants to have strict boundaries that they really work that nine to five kind of zone, um, whereas somebody else, maybe if they have children or if they just have other things going on in their lives and they, they want to just run errands during the day, then maybe they work later at night. And, you know, as long as they're still having some time for themselves, then that can be okay. Right? But it's having those conversations. I think that's really where it's important. The modeling thing, like we already mentioned, I think is important. And really, again, yeah, the kind of expectations that are being placed on the employee. So a lot of times... Biggest piece that I see where workplace affects wellness is on the workload stress side of things where employees are, feel like they have to work more hours or longer hours, which again bleeds into the time they have for themselves to do other things. When there's too much stress or too much pressure or it's too many things that need to be done, that's impossible for a person to do in a day, right? That's where these things happen. And that's where a lot of times there's just a lot of stress. I think the best question that a manager ever asked me during a one-to-one was, Chris, when are you going to take vacation? Right? And I think it was like, oh yeah, realization that I haven't taken a vacation yet. And number two, she wanted me to take a vacation for my well-being. Yeah, exactly. So those are the kinds of things that I think the manager needs to be aware of. Oh, when was the last time your staff took a day off even? Or, and I think it's also, I would say from the manager's side in terms of responsibility, a lot of it is paying attention. And if you're noticing, so whether you're working in person with colleagues or whether you're working virtually is a little more tricky on this side, but paying attention to the mood of the person, their overall energy levels, do they seem like they're a little more down or do they appear more stressed? Are they more irritable? There's a lot of clues sometimes that can give off the impression that somebody is feeling stressed out. And so I think from a manager's side, it's learning these clues and then having these honest conversations and being like, not accusing, but saying, no, this that you've you seem to have changed let's say or your behaviors changed a little bit or you seem to be a little bit more on edge is something going on is there something in your personal life is there something happening at work have a conversation about that i think that's from the manager's side that's really important as well is just noticing because it oftentimes an employee is not necessarily going to come to you and tell you what's going on but like you said even with the vacation thing they really appreciate when you go to them and ask them truly like how are you doing? And you really mean it. You really want to know the answer. I love just the practical things that a manager can do to make sure that their team is happy, healthy, thriving. This is great. I want to go back to, to the workload thing because I think that's the hugest part, right? Especially when companies may be cutting employees, which means people are getting huge workloads. I think one of the problems that a manager has is that they underestimate how long something might take. You know what I mean? It's, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, oh, this should take you like half an hour. Meanwhile, the employee who does the job knows that it's going to take days. I think that's one of the things that can sabotage a team's well-being is just not being aware of, of how long things take. 
What other things do you think can sabotage a team's well-being and what can a manager do? Yeah, that's a good one. A lot of times companies try and squeeze as much as they can out of employees. I think two pieces. One would be on the employee side, but I'm going to come to how the manager can help with that. So I think on the employee side, it would be them knowing that something is going to take a bit longer and that it might affect another thing that they need to get done, clarifying that their manager what priority is. And so being like, so you're asking me to do this. Realistically, it's going to take X amount of time. I also have to work on C, D, and E. What is the priority for me? And then is the priority A, which take this much time, which means I won't get to C, D, and E until like tomorrow or the next day. Are you okay with that? As an employee, I think getting the clarification on that from the manager side, I think you could do the opposite where you can ask the questions. If you say it's going to take this, clarify, do you feel that's accurate? (laughs) And then you can even ask, is there anything else you're working on that is going to get in the way of getting done because you're working on this task. The other piece is a little bit more of a general piece where you have already created an environment where your employee feels comfortable telling you these things and you don't even have to ask. They're automatically going to tell you or they're automatically going to confirm what you want the priority to be. That's a little bit more of a culture piece in the sense of the type of culture that you create as a manager. But I think learning to ask questions and the right questions is probably one of the biggest pieces that a new time manager needs to learn. Thank you. So I got one, it's the employee needs to speak up and develop the courage to ask the questions of what's priority to the manager may need to ask, how long do you think it's going to take and be able to factor that in. And then three, just being able to create a psychologically safe place where people can speak up. So in the spirit of inspiration, and you recommended that managers seek an inspiring model, I'm curious about your favorites. One, your favorite ways of managing your own well-being. And then two, the favorite ways that you recommend to manage your team's well-being. Super. I like favorites. I have lots of favorites. (laughs) I don't know if that's possible. But my favorite way to manage my well-being is with sleep, for sure. I am very strict about sleep. It's actually a joke with my friends because we always laugh about how if something is late, it's like a non-starter in terms of is Lydia going? No, she's not. Lydia's in bed at 10. (laughs) So, and I don't care. Like I laugh about it because I think it's funny and I don't, it's not funny in a mean way. But yes, I have a very strict sleep schedule. Generally, I'm in bed by 10, 10 10.30 at the latest. Anything after 10.30, like I'm not happy about. If it happens, it happens every once in a while. We didn't get into this, but I definitely talk about not being perfect and just being consistent is the most important thing. But yeah, sleep for sure. Another piece, like I had mentioned in the very beginning of our conversation, Chris, I realized I need to build in fun and joy into my day as much as possible. And I have to be intentional about this. So my life is pretty calm. I have a husband and a dog and we have our life, but like there's really not a lot in my day that like is overly amusing, let's say. (laughs) So I actually purposely have to seek out funny things. And so I've found funny people on Instagram and funny people on YouTube. And I actually purposely at lunchtime when I'm eating my lunch, I will put on either my computer, my TV, my phone, whatever. I will put on one of these funny things and I will watch something funny that actually makes me laugh out loud. 
That's really important for me. I also try to find joint is a little bit different than just laughter. So I try and make sure all the times for me, what brings me joy is my little niece and nephew. I talk to them pretty much every day. And so again, that's a piece that brings me joy. And I, that's, again, what I've realized during the burnouts, what was a big piece that was missing in my life. Like the traditional stuff of nutrition, my nutrition's always been fine. Physical activity is generally pretty good, sleep and so on. The joy piece and the happiness piece and laughter was a real piece I was missing. So that's for me, this is just personal stuff, right? Those are my two big ones. And again, now that I've brought it up, I just want to highlight it again, that for sure, for people listening, please know I am not perfect. I know that I'm not going to be perfect. I don't even try for perfection. I try for consistency. So if we're looking at percentages in terms of a lot of times you hear this in terms of food, well, 80% of the time and don't worry about the rest of the 20%. But I also apply that principle to everything. So physical activity, I focus on moving my body daily, taking walks, lifting things. I'm doing a lot of gardening right now where I be active that, that way. Even, and again, like I mentioned, sleep. I will stay out late sometimes and I don't worry about it I don't it's not a big deal I also eat foods that are maybe not the best for me from time to time and I'm okay with that because most of the time I do eat healthy so it's it's a mindset shift that I have taken over the years and it's something that I try and teach people as well that a lot of times we are trying to be perfect and that's why we mess up is because we can't be perfect. And so we're trying to have these unattainable goals. Whereas if we focus on just consistent action over the long term, that's what's going to get you the best results. And really that's what's going to get you living a healthy lifestyle. Awesome. I like that. Thank you. Uh, I actually call it the gray zone mindset. I gave it a little name. A lot of people live in the black and white. We hear a lot of, I'm off the wagon, I'm on the wagon, I'm back on the wagon, I fell off, right? There is, for me, there's no wagon. It's my life. And I mostly just try and stay on the main path. And sometimes I have little detours and then I just come back to the path and it's no big deal. That's why between black and white, it's gray. So we want to live in that gray area. From the perspective of how can we create the culture of well-being on our teams, I would say creating boundaries around email is a key one. And communication in general, I would say. And again, this is going to be different for everybody, which is why you need to have the conversation. So as a manager, actually have a team meeting and have conversations about emails and about general communication and what are the expectations. Chris, for example, if you like to work late and you're emailing me late and I get it the next morning and I'm like, oh crap, I missed your email, Chris. I'm so sorry. I feel so bad. If no, no, like it's fine. But people need, again, we go back to that permission thing, right? Where People need to know what the permissions are, what the boundaries are. I think around email specifically, that's a big one. I would also say setting up a culture where it is great and encouraged to take days off and to take vacation and to not worry if you have to take an appointment or run an errand in the middle of your day and that it's okay and that it's you don't even need to make up the hours necessarily, right? Like you probably already work enough anyway. <laughs> I think creating that kind of culture is really helpful. It really sets the tone that we know we need to have time off. We know we need to have vacation. I think the workload piece for sure is important if you can do what you can to help with that. That's definitely a key one as well. And I think, again, it all really, for me, comes back to having the conversations with your team about what it is that they need, right? And actually asking them, what are you struggling with? And what do you need? How can we fix it? How can we address it? How can we make this better? 
I think a lot of times maybe new managers are hesitant to have these conversations with people. What's really cool about having the conversation is that it's actually not only is it dual purpose, not only is it serving the purpose of solving a problem or making well-being more important, but it's also building and showing that you care and that you see your team member, your staff as a real person, as a human who has a life outside of work. (laughs) And who maybe has other things going on and that you do care about them as a person and as a human and that they're not just seen as like a worker bee that's there to just do the task for you, right? I think it, it goes a long way in setting up yourself as a good manager. And we all, we hear that phrase about people will remember you not for what you do, but how you made them feel. And I think when you demonstrate that you care and that you really truly want to improve the lives of everybody on your team and you're doing it from your own sphere of them at your workplace, I think that really goes a long way. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, and a lot of favorites and a lot of important <laughs> lessons, messages. If there's one thing that you want a listener to remember just from this episode, what's that one thing you want them to remember? I think from this episode to the new managers, I would go back to the make sure you're taking care of yourself and your own well-being. I think it starts there. I think there's so many trickle-down effects from that. That would be the biggest piece for somebody to, to focus on. Awesome. Lydia, where can they find more information about you? Yeah, I love to connect with people. So feel free if you're listening and this resonates with you, connect with me on LinkedIn. Please, if you can, write a, a note saying how you heard me. <laughs> I think personalized loads are really helpful. I'm also online on my website, fithealthy365.com. You can find me there as well. But please don't hesitate to reach out. I love meeting new people. Perfect. Thanks. And do you want to describe some of the work that you do with organizations? Absolutely. So I work with companies in a variety of ways. One of the ways is that I can actually come in if you don't have a fully thought out or created wellness plan or program, I can come in and help you create an actual strategic plan that's where wellness is embedded into all the areas of the business. It's not just one standalone, you know, oh, we have yoga on Wednesdays, and which is nothing wrong with that, but it permeates the whole organization. And you're really creating a culture of wellness. So I can do the program creation for you. I also can do program delivery. So whether it's delivering that type of a program or wellness workshops. I have over 12 workshops that I've created over the last number of years that really are very practical. Like today, you heard a lot of practical advice, very action oriented. And so I really love sharing advice on how people can actually do the thing that they're working on. I have a ton of wellness workshops. Would love to come to your organization and and present those to you. So if you're interested in more about that, please do reach out either through LinkedIn or through my website. And I'd be happy to chat with you more about that. Lydia, you are not only knowledgeable, but you're also passionate and very dynamic. So I can just imagine you having engaging workshops. Yeah, this is me subdued. So I mean, like, I'm not like hyper or anything, but no, I'm very passionate, very dynamic. And yeah, I'm really practical too. And to be honest, one of the most best compliments that I've gotten was that I don't talk down to people. And I thought, oh, that's so, I really appreciate that comment because I, I really do want that. Like, I feel like I, I share a lot of my own examples and lessons that I've learned from my own life. I think if we go circle back to the beginning of our talk where I talked about my burnouts, like I absolutely don't regret them because I've learned so much from going through those experiences. And so if I can help people avoid that, I feel really good about that. Well, I enjoyed this conversation. Lydia, thank you so much for sharing your time and expertise with us. 
Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. Thanks for listening to You Can Manage That. For more information about Lydia, you can go to www.fithealthy365.com or you can find her on LinkedIn. Both of those links are in the show notes. I'm Chris Asper. For more information about me, you can go to chrisasper.com. And if you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. Join us again next time when we talk with other leaders and experts so you can manage that. Bye for now.